Welcome to Sunday School for week nine of our study on prayer. Uh, today, we are looking at the uh, passage of scripture, Mark 11, 22 through 25. And uh, as we move through that, there are some verses before that that we'll talk a little bit about, and we will get uh, a sense of the background of that. I believe it's very important for us to understand that, to understand how prayer includes forgiveness. But as we look at this passage today, we're going to understand that there are two critical elements of prayer, one being faith and the second one being forgiveness. And uh, as we look through the lesson in just a few moments, we'll see uh, the workings of prayer in verse 24 and forgiveness in prayer in verse 25. And we'll understand how those two things work together. But as we begin the uh, chapter 11 of uh, Mark, we began to see the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and how Jesus is coming into town and being much lauded. He's being held as the, the king of peace. He is... Uh, he is uh, much loved at this point. We also see how uh, Jesus is uh, encountering uh, this fig tree that scripture says that Jesus went up to, it was in leaf, but as he looked for fruit, there was none. And even though scripture says it was not the season for figs, that Jesus actually pronounced a curse on the tree. And so the disciples heard that. And then we move Beyond that, uh, after the cursing of the fig tree, we see where Jesus enters into the temple and cleanses it and throws out those who are selling and uh, doing things, uh, changing money and things like that, that were not a part of what he would consider as being the purpose of his father's house. As we will remember that Jesus said, do you not know that my father's house is a house of prayer? And so he's setting us up for what's coming next. We then move into um, verse 20, where we understand that uh, Jesus uh, had cursed the tree, but as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, how faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And so we see all of this taking place. We hear about how when we stand to pray, well, it was the custom in the day often to stand and pray and then to hold your hands up and your palms up to the, to the sky. And so this had absolutely really nothing to do with the effectiveness of the prayer, but it was the custom uh, that the people 
they're used. And so I want to just very quickly um, look at the workings of prayer. Uh, in verse 24, we can read very easily where uh, we're told, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Um, pretty important uh, passage of scripture. That word believe comes from the Greek root for faith. And Jesus is calling for more than just a tepid belief. He's also calling us for faith. He's, he's asking us to put ourselves uh, at stake, our lives and uh, our intentions at stake, that we have uh, belief that what we ask will come to pass. And um, we can see the fulfillment of our prayers usually before they even happen when we have that faith. Uh, faith is something that we see before it actually happens. And so uh, Jesus is reminding us of that. Um, a lot of people want to reduce prayer to some kind of transactional activity between a person and God, where if I do this, then God is going to do that. But that's not exactly what scripture teaches us about prayer. And so uh, sometimes God says no to our prayers, even when we offer them in faith, as this verse has said, because God doesn't uh, just jump when we ask him to jump. God has an intention of granting us what's best for us. And so he knows what is best, and we do not always know that. Paul is one example of that where it wasn't because of his lack of faith that when he prayed that God would remove this thorn in the flesh from him, uh, that God did not do that. It was uh, for the purpose of teaching Paul as Paul uh, goes on and says that God told him that it was his grace, God's grace is sufficient for him, that in his power could be made perfect in Paul's weakness. And so that is one thing that talks about, helps us to understand the workings of prayer. But in the workings, there is this forgiveness. And this verse shows uh, that the second essential uh, of prayer is forgiveness. Jesus uh, spoke of uh, standing in prayer, as I've already mentioned, and our physical posture and prayer isn't important. What's important is the faith and forgiveness in our prayer. Um, Jesus told his followers that if they were praying and discovered they were holding something against someone, they were to leave what it was that they had and to go and to make things right with that person. They were to forgive that person. And that way, their father in heaven would forgive them for their own sins. We're reminded of that in the Lord's prayer when the prayer says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who uh, have uh, debts against us. And so we need to be willing to forgive. Uh, elaborating on that, he said in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And I'm sure that we all have need of forgiveness from somebody. Uh, we all have times in our lives where we have uh, transgressed as uh, the Lord's prayer would remind us that um, 
we all need to be forgiven and we ask for that forgiveness. Matthew 18, 23 through 25 records the parable that Jesus shared to teach this truth. And here is where the master forgives one of his slaves after he discovers that he owes him uh, an immeasurable debt that he could never repay. And the master calls him in and forgives him of that debt. And what is the very first thing that the master, that the slave does, that's been forgiven. He goes out and finds the first person he can that owes him just a, a, a very small debt and calls him into account and puts him in prison until time that he could pay that debt. And so as the other slaves hear about that, they call the master and they let the master know that here is one of theirs that has been forgiven of this huge debt that he could have never repaid. And yet he is now mistreating those who owe him just a small thing. And the point of the story is that those who have received much forgiveness need to show forgiveness. And so uh, it's very important for us to keep that in mind that as we're praying, as we're asking, as we're uh, uh, supplicating with God, asking for his blessings, his grace, his forgiveness, then we need to be in the place where we can receive that because we have offered that to others. And so if we're unwilling to forgive judgment, is on the table at any time. And so God reminds us of that here. So the parable also shows the scope of the sins against God is far greater than the sins of people commit against us. We need to forgive one another, but we really need to be forgiven by God. And so this is why forgiving others is essential to prayer. We need the forgiveness of God. Our unwillingness to forgive others is like a barrier between us and God. It grieves God and blocks the flow of communion. It is something that causes us to not be in fellowship with God. And so our text reminds us that, that more is at stake than just this whole thing that uh, of praying to get something. Jesus said God won't forgive us if we're unwilling to forgive others. Maybe that's because forgiveness must circulate like air. If we block it by not forgiving others, then it can't flow between us and God. And we really truly need to have that circulation. And so as we come to a, a wrap up of this uh, study, and I know it's been rather short, but uh, this the point is so immense that I don't think there's any need to belabor the point that there are these two critical elements of prayer. We pray in faith, and then we pray in forgiveness. That is, we ask for forgiveness, but we ask as we also give. And so uh, as you go through your lesson, if you go to class uh, this week, which I hope most of you will if you have opportunity, um, that there are a couple of things to consider as you look at this, one, I would say is effective prayer is the result of really believing with no doubt that God will answer your prayers. I would say also that effective prayer requires faith in God, not in the object you request. So the faith is not in what we're asking for. The faith is in the source. And we have faith in God who is our source of everything. Number three, I would say effective prayer requires faith in God. Well, I've already uh, said that, excuse me, effective prayer 
re requires our forgiveness of others before we can receive God's forgiveness. And uh, I think that's pretty important that um, if, if I am bearing uh, a bad attitude or a grudge against someone who's wronged me and I've not forgiven them, then how can I in good conscience do that when God has forgiven me of so much in the fact that he sent his only son Jesus to the cross to die, to pay for my sins? Um, this passage isn't asking us to crucify ourselves on a cross and to die. It's asking us to be willing to offer forgiveness as we pray, as we ask for forgiveness, that we're reciprocating that. Now, I pray that as you go through this week that you will find opportunities to pray. Uh, there are all kinds of things that are happening in our world today. I would say that as application that I would ask you to evaluate your recent prayers Maybe take a piece of paper out, a, a whiteboard. Maybe you have an iPad. You have your cell phone, your smartphone, and you could make some notes. I would ask you to evaluate your recent prayers, considering these prerequisites that we've talked about, we just mentioned. And ask yourself, are there any adjustments that need to be made in my prayers considering this study? Because look, we're not here just to learn more about prayer. We're here to learn more about how to pray effectively, how to pray in the way that God wants us to. Uh, in essence, um, putting into practice what we learn from the Lord's prayer as the, the Lord models to us how to pray. And I would ask that let's practice that. We have all kinds of things, as I said, happening today. Think about in Kentucky and the problems there. Think about our nation and all the upheaval there. Think about the international things that are happening between Taiwan and China and uh, Ukraine and Russia. And uh, think about the Roe v. Wade overturning and how people are at, up in arms with each other and how it seems that we can't even sit down and have a civil conversation because we're all so angry and upset with each other. We can't sometimes have conversations in our family because of the very same kind of thing. And then we want to go and pray. And yet we know that we have all these things hanging over our head. God is not pleased when we ask him to bless us when we're not willing to forgive those who have wronged us. And so I'll leave you with that challenge today. And I hope that you'll have a great time in Sunday school this week. Thank you and God bless.